Welcome, welcome, welcome back into Tide Talk Live here on Monday night, January, February 27th. No, we're no longer in January. Almost March. (laughs) Almost March. Uh, Jake, Joe, how y'all doing tonight? Man, we're great. I'm uh, glad to be here. Glad to be back. You know, we've had, you know, some kind of sickness and everything, trying to get everybody healthy, but I think we're we're on the mend. So it's good to be back tonight, fellas. How how, how are you, Joe? I'm doing well. Today was Monday. Obviously, it was pretty good for a Monday. I got my birthday on Friday, so I'm hoping it's a good week, but doing well. Happy early birthday. Yeah. How how young will you be? Um, I'm going to be 25 years old. Yeah, old. yeah he's very, he's still very young. old. He's still I, young. I, I feel, I'm going to feel pretty old. Yeah. Well, it's only downhill from there, I promise you. So I've we, heard. Yeah, when you get 30, <laughs> it's... So. Yeah, but uh, we, we got a we got a jam packed show tonight here uh, on our live episode. Uh, the chat's open as always, so feel free to to chime in with you know your thoughts and comments on on really any subject matter in relation to to the Alabama athletic department. But uh, we're going to be talking you know starting out with the basketball team. But as always, you guys know the drill: like, share, and subscribe today. Uh, you know, make make sure you uh, hit that bell notification so you don't miss a single episode of Tide Talk Live. Uh, and I want to I want to start everything out with uh, apologizing. If you hear my son going crazy in the background, uh, he is really hopped up for some reason tonight. So just ignore that and enjoy the rest of the show. But guys, we're going to start with some hoops talk. Uh, they get another win last Saturday against Arkansas, uh, a comeback victory after you know falling behind and really p- playing poorly in the first half. And uh, but but the second half they caught fire. I think they scored fifty eight points there in the second half, and yeah. you know to to win the game eighty six to eighty three over a really improved Arkansas team with with the return of Nick Smith Jr., one of the best freshmen in the country. Uh, but now you know the the conference slate is almost over. Uh, twenty five and four, fifteen and one in conference play. Uh, uh, Jake, we'll start with you. Just your uh, your thoughts on the game Saturday, and and just your general uh, thoughts on the Alabama basketball team. I missed much most of the game Saturday. I got on the last like five minutes of it, and uh, you know, it was huge having Spears hit all those Sears hit all those free throws uh, late in that stretch because they was just inbounding it, giving it to him, and they was fouling him, and and I think he only missed one of the seven to eight shots he took. So you know that was really clutch, and uh, it was good to see because you know we talked before we got on here about how it kind of like the guard play has kind of you know, offensively had got out of the rhythm a little bit. But, you know, I don't – like you said, we don't need to be clicking right now. We need to be clicking within two to three weeks from now and, and getting into a tournament time, NCAA tournament time. So that's when you want to be clicking. Uh, but overall, this team, I'm actually – I'm actually, it's you know, happy how they how they ended up. I didn't think there was going to be 15-1 in the conference. I think they still lose, you know, two, two games. But – you know, if we win Wednesday night against Auburn, you know, we, we lock up the tournament title, uh, regular season title. So uh, that's great to see. But, I, you know, I didn't expect this team to be this good this year. I knew Brandon Miller is going to be a special player. And we had a lot of good freshmen. But, you know, freshmen take a little while to, to get rolling. But this freshman core has been great all season long. Yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, the game on Saturday wasn't easy going into it. I had a feeling that um, I think Alabama was favored by seven and a half points. Arkansas, despite their record, um, 
is a very good team. I think they're one of the teams that obviously March Madness is still a couple weeks away, but one of the teams that I have making it a deep run just because they have um, probably the best guard rotation in the country or one of the best. So very solid program. Uh, as much as we like to joke on Eric Musselman, he's a great coach as well. Uh, so most importantly, we got the win. Um, kind of all year, I've been one of those people that said that we've lived and died by the three, but I think this game kind of proved that we are capable when our three-point shots aren't falling. I think we had made like two three-pointers the whole game. Uh, so if you had told me we'd made two three-pointers and we somehow found a way to win, I would, would have told you you were, you were crazy. So uh, picked up a big win. Obviously, we have a chance Wednesday to clinch – or actually not clinch, win the regular season, SEC regular season. And I think it makes it just a little bit sweeter that's against Auburn at home. So I know Coleman Coliseum is going to be packed, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game on Wednesday. Yeah, the Bama Sanders says they love my mustache. What's crazy is I actually have a lot of other facial hair. It's just gray, so it doesn't show quite as much as, as the stash does because the stash is still nice and dark. So, but I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you, you guys said it all. This team has really probably exceeded expectations from for probably even the coaching staff. If you had to ask them, uh, the the freshman core has been. Uh, you know, just elite, uh, out, even outside of Brandon Miller. Jaden Bradley has been phenomenal. Uh, you, you know, you, you look at Noah Clowney, he's really exceeded expectations as well. So, uh, overall, this team is, is, you know, you can't really ask much more from what they've done. You know, 15-1 and one in conference play. The SEC is no joke. Uh, two games remaining, both winnable games. you, you got to think they're going to take care of business at home against Auburn. Uh, Auburn's really struggling right now. So, you know, they're kind of going to be in desperation mode, if we're being honest, though, because they're they're still probably trying to fight for, for tournament berth because they have not looked too great as of late. So uh, that's going to be a really inter interesting matchup Wednesday night. But, uh, you know, considering all that's kind of been going on with, with the program over the last couple of weeks, the, the fact that they're – able to to gut out a couple close wins right. uh against sec opponents i know it was south carolina but uh a road win is a road win in the sec and then you gut one out against a really really good arkansas team who i don't think anybody wants to play in march so you, you just got to tip your hat to to nate oates and, and the players there in tuscaloosa because they just find a way to win and you mentioned it joe about living and dying by the three uh, and, and like I think the past two games, Alabama is like four. No, no, yeah, four. What was it? I, I had it like twelve of forty-seven or something from three over the past wow. two ball games. So not good at all. But they but they've won both games. So uh, it, it, they just find ways to win, and that, that that's a that's a sign of a, of a of a really good team, a tough team. And I think you know we, we've talked about it in the past that this team is just mentally tough. They just just know how, how to gut out a win uh th this last saturday after that that first half i'm not sure there was many alabama fans who thought they would come back and get that win against arkansas but but they come out and played great in the second half and was able to to get that that big win and like you said they at least are going to be tied for the, the regular season sec title and with one more win they will have it outright so uh just a phenomenal job by the team there in tuscaloosa absolutely I Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say, I think they, like you said, a lot of fans. Um, can you all hear me? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah sorry. I just went dead silent for a second. <laughs> a lot of fans like myself at halftime are um, kind of anxious about the second half. 
I know I had a tweet. Basically, I was challenging the team to step up because it just seemed like Brandon Miller was trying to do everything. And, you know, certain games that's going to work out, but when you get later in the season to the point we're at now, uh, going into the SEC tournament and March Madness, you're going to need some other players to step up and you're going to need the team to be uh, more physical. That's something I think we've struggled with this year. Uh, we saw it against Oklahoma. Uh, we saw it against Tennessee, these physical teams that play uh, lockdown defense. We have a tough time kind of matching up against. So I think they uh, they must have seen my tweet or something in the locker room because yeah. the second half, it was like a completely different team. They were physical, took the ball to the rim, uh, were fighting for rebounds. And um, I got to give props. I'm talking about guys stepping up. Javon Quinterly stepped up big time. He had 16 points. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a guy uh, in the tournament that's going to be very crucial. Obviously, people talk about Mark Sears. Uh, Brandon Miller is one of the best players in the country, if not the best player. Right. But a guy like Quinterly – could certainly be an X factor for this team if we want to make a deep run and uh, ultimately win a national championship this year, which obviously is the goal. Yeah, I agree 100%. That, you know, this group of players that we got, many states have talked about it before, Joe. You know, it seemed that like last year's team, they was more of a, you know, about me, me, me. But this team is about the team. And they, they as Stacey said, has exceeded expectations. And, and like you said, they – have one goal in mind that is a national championship so i i feel like this team is dangerous and and i know they have blown people out but i still feel like there's they have not played to their best yet so you know i feel like that's coming within the next you know couple weeks yeah if we can save all of our three-point shooting for the uh the tournament then i'm fine (laughs) absolutely three-point making exactly exactly You know, and and like you said, Jake, th- th- this team is. I, I don't think they've reached their full potential yet. We right. haven't really had a game where everybody was was clicking. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had several games where you know either Brandon Miller or Mark Sears was just lights out, or and then you know maybe Rylan Griffin was hot off the bench, but JQ wasn't, or JQ was and Rylan wasn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe Namar Burnett flashes. You know, Dom Welch has not yet really shown what he's capable of doing yet. So I, I still think the best is yet to come from this team. And you know, if they are firing on all cylinders when when the NCAA tournament gets started. I'm not sure there's anybody that can beat them when they're at their best. And right. and and you got to think that that when they're locked down and they're ready to go uh in March uh that they're going to be putting some some really good efforts out there for 40 minutes and uh you know obviously anything can happen in a basketball game but you know I like Alabama's chances of, of winning that national championship as I do anybody else's. Absolutely 100%. And you know, you talked about Brandon Miller and and all the situation going on right now. Boy, he has played like he's had a chip on his shoulder the past couple of games. I mean, he's just been lights out. Uh, so, you know, I, it feels like he's been – he's got a fire lit under him right now. So, I hope that fire stays and he just continues to, to show up and show out every day. Yeah, the Bama Standard says, agree with you guys. It can't fall all on Miller's shoulders. We need two or three more guys to become alphas. Yep, in the postseason, no doubt about it. Uh, the Bama standard. There's there, and, and the thing is, is that you know JQ's got experience. I mean, he's he's been a he's been a SEC tournament MVP. I mean, th- think right. about that. He's he's that caliber of a player when he is at his best. So when JQ's at his best, uh, Namari Burnett is a former McDonald's All American. So when he's at his best, 
Uh, he's really good. Rylan Griffin has shown this season that he can, you know, be among the best shooters in all of college basketball. So, and I think another guy that's kind of really flown under the radar, especially over the last two or three weeks, is is Charles Bediaco. He has really been important for Alabama uh, there there in the paint. Uh, you know, he kind of plays that drop coverage. Uh, coming off ball screens on the defensive end of the floor, and his just his length and his athleticism—he doesn't get a ton of block shots, but he challenges everything and he disrupts players when they're attacking the rim against Alabama. And uh, he's really a difference maker for the Tide. And and then another big Nick Pringle, a guy that we haven't even mentioned yet, he is really showing flashes of becoming, you know, a guy that's really taking that next step and just another role player for Alabama to use when the NCAA tournament comes around. That you know, it's hard to to defend a guy who lives above the rim, and 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 that's what he does. When him and JQ seem to have that that lob going, and, yeah. and you know that's that's a dangerous combination coming off the bench. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Pringle to me has, is screaming, you know, Jermichael Green type, you know, athleticism and, and and that that type of guy that he could be in the program here, you know, next year and, and year after. So. I'm excited to see how his growth continues to develop. Yeah, I, I just kind of want to echo what you guys were saying about Nick Pringle. I love Nick Pringle. He's a, mm-hmm. a phenomenal player. He's kind of growing uh, into his own uh, last couple games. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, going back to what you said about Charles Bediaco, he's not a guy that's going to score a lot of points. You know, he'll probably have ten points and and eight rebounds, but uh, his effort and just how well he plays defensively and, and shuts down some of the bigger centers and postmen. Uh, you know, that's not going to show up on the stat sheet. It's right. not going to. But right. those of us who've been watching the games this year and know college basketball just in general know how big of an impact it is to have him playing well for this team. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Bediaco, and then we're going to get to a quick break, uh, is is he hasn't really been playing basketball all that long. I think he played two years of high school basketball in Canada mm-hmm. before – uh, coming to the University of Alabama, so his ba- his best basketball is way ahead of him. I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy that probably in three to five years, that's that's when he's going to be at his best. And so I, I think he's going to be a really good pro. And we're going to kind of look back in like five years and think, man, Bediaco is really good for Alabama because he doesn't really yeah. get a lot of recognition right now. But I I just love watching that guy play because he's all about effort and he's all about making winning plays and and that's that's really the difference. And he him and Nick Pringle could could be huge for Alabama come tournament time. Uh, absolutely. And one other thing you mentioned about the effort, I he. Every possession, he's running hard down the court. And I'd love to say that in a big man, you know, because he's trying to get back either on defensively or get get set up offensively and, and get the offense set if they do a, a high pick and roll with him. So, you know, like you said, his effort's amazing, and I, I'd love to see it. No doubt, no doubt. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we are going to be looking at the Alabama tight end room. Spring practice is, I mean, it's just, it's just right around the corner, guys. So we're going to be looking at the tight end room here in just a minute. We'll be right back. All right, guys, I want to tell you a little bit about BetUS.com. Make sure you click the link in the description below. Sign up today and make that first deposit. And when you do, you will be instantly rewarded with 125% bonus from BetUS.com. And then you will also be entered into our contest for a $500 giveaway once we receive 30 signups from our link. So click the link in the description below and sign up today at BetUS.com. 
All right, all right, guys. Welcome back in. All right, look, guys, we're going to be talking about the tight end room here in Tuscaloosa. And and if you look at what Coach Saban has done as far as the staff that he has hired this offseason, uh, bringing in a guy like C.J. Dupree from the transfer portal, uh, it's it's got to make you believe that, that there is going to be a concentrated effort to become a more physical team offensively. And and I think that's really where we got to start when we look at this tight end room is, is that I think the brand of football is going to look a little different for Alabama in 2023. Absolutely. How, how huge was it to get C.J. on this staff, especially with Reese coming in as offense coordinator who uses his tight ends like almost at every play in some capacity uh, on his in his offense, so him and 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 Nyblas about to show up and show out. I'm excited to see how this room is going to look this upcoming season. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Obviously, you know, getting Dupree was was massive for us. Uh, not a huge stat guy. I mean, last year he had caught 30 balls for 300 yards and, and three touchdowns, but. Just a guy, is, like you said, he's really going to help in the running game. He's 6'5", 260 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, so big old tight end. But also, I know we're going to kind of dive into this um, in the next couple of minutes, but I would count out Robbie Utes as well. There's a lot of plays this year when point. he was on the field. I was like, who's this guy? And then right. a couple, couple minutes later, I'm like, I, I love this guy. He's you know mm-hmm. one of my favorite players. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm I'm excited about this tight end room because I think there's four guys that we could see play, you know, kind of share the role as first team guys and kind of depending on what style of offense Albums want to run at the, on that particular possession or particular play. I mean, I think you have, you know, a guy like Robbie Oots and, and CJ Dupree that could play together. You know, if you want to be a real physical team, or even a Miles Kitzel, man, he's a pretty physical football yeah. player. Uh, but then you got a guy like Amari uh, Black who is just uh, really a, a wide receiver playing tight end. So I'm excited to kind of see how, you know, uh, the offense uses and utilizes these tight ends because I think there is, you know, you look at what George has done with their tight ends. Of course, there's, I mean, we don't have a Brock Bowers. Nobody else does. We don't have yeah. a Darnell Washington. Nobody else does. But I think what what Alabama saw was that you can kind of build an offense around some tight ends that are mismatches and also still be a physical football team and then still also make plays deep down the field. And I think that's kind of what Alabama's wanting to do and what Coach Saban is wanting to do. Uh, you know, bringing in, you know, the stat, you know, bringing in Ken Wisenhunt, who, uh, who who has tight end background, uh, you know, Tommy Reese heavily involves his tight ends. And, you know, Joe Cox is, is, is the tight end coach. He has, he has a lot of history coaching tight ends uh, since his playing days were over at Georgia. So I, I just think there's been an obvious effort being made to, to, to you know, kind of rework the tight end room and and kind of reemphasize the physicality of the offense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm excited. Uh, like you said, there's four guys that that can play, and um, I, I expect all four of them to be on the field in some capacity a good bit this, this upcoming season. Yeah, I agree. It, we've talked about it this episode and the last couple episodes. It's just about physicality and getting back to the right. the, Bam, the Bama standard, like in the chat. <laughs> yeah. 
By the way, that is a great YouTube channel, the Bama Standard. Just yeah, kind yeah, of shout out those guys. Yeah, give them mm -hmm. a shout out, Justin, and all the you know the former players that he has on there on his show. Just a fantastic show. So make sure you're subscribed to their channel as well. But uh, you know, look, I, I, let's kind of look at each player real quick. We, we've talked about the four guys, and and I think we'll start with CJ Dupree because I don't think you bring in that guy from Maryland without believing that he is going to be an instant impact player. Uh, I think you see a guy that is, you know, like you said, 6'5", you know, close to 260, but more athletic than what you think, but is not really going to, you know, Brock Bowers anybody. So he's kind of a, a tweener in my opinion. He's physical enough to play that, you know, that, that inline tight end who's kind of, you know, more or less a sixth offensive lineman. But he can also make plays in the passing game like a Cameron Latou can, and and I think he really is a Cameron Latou top player, except with a, a hair more physicality to his game than what Latou had. Yeah, I agree hundred percent, Joe. Yeah, I I agree as well, and um, I think the tight end position is becoming more and more important. I mean, we've seen it a lot in the NFL yeah. right, with right. guys like George Kittle. Uh, Travis Kelsey, um, Darren Waller, uh, Dallas Goddard, all these guys. I mean, so the tight end position is becoming very important. Obviously, it's extremely important to have some great receivers, but it's always nice to have a tight end that you can count on. You know, when all else fails, you can throw at your tight end over the middle. He's going to get you five or six yards. Uh, I think it's been a long time since we've kind of had that. A uh, lot but he's been decent last couple of seasons. Obviously, uh, before – Latu, we had um, Irv Smith Jr. He showed mm -hmm. some flashes. We thought Julio Billingsley was going to be, you know, what Brock Bowers is, but that didn't work out. So, uh, haven't really had that premier tight end since OJ Howard. Uh, right. So, I'm hoping, maybe not this year per se, but uh, I'm hoping we can kind of get get back to that and um, help out. You know, the other thing about it, uh, having a dependable tight end is. What's a quarterback's best friend? A tight end, a security blanket. So right. whether that be Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson or Eli Holston or whoever is quarterback, I think it's important to have a tight end that you can rely on uh, each play. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was going to mention that having the you know a, a fresh face at quarterback and having a safety blanket like a good tight end is going to be key to help development of, of the quarterback. So bringing in somebody like C.J. Dupree to – you know, help help in that matter uh, is going to be wonders in this offense. I do believe. Yeah. So, so out of the out of the group of tight ends that, that we have, who who are you expecting to kind of be the one that receives the most targets uh, this season? Well, Joe, we'll start with you. Mm. I'd probably say Amari Niblack. How do you say it? Niblack. I think he's the most likely to be the receiving tight end. Obviously, Oots uh, kind of uses a fullback, not necessarily a, a – he's not going to burn you down the field or anything. The same kind of goes for Dupree in the running game. Yeah. I, I think Nye Black probably have a lot of targets. Uh, Dupree, Oots, uh, Ketzelman, I think it's the other, other guy. Um, you know, it just depends on the situation that they're in and how they're used. Uh, but I think Nye Black would probably be the one who who would probably receive the most targets. See, I'm going to go with C.J. Dupree. I, I think there's, I think there's a little bit of a misconception of of, of how athletic 
uh, CJ Dupree is. And I really think that he's going to, you know, there's a reason that his, when he decided to transfer, that it was down to Alabama and Ohio State. The dude can play. I, I think I think Alabama kind of got a diamond in the rough in C.J. Dupree, and I think he's going to be one of the more pleasant surprises, even in spring ball, but but more importantly in the season here when, when it gets to the fall, uh, you know, come, what is it? Is it September? End, end of August, beginning of September when the season first game is? So yeah. uh, <clears throat> I really like C.J. Dupree. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, but you got to believe that that a guy like Amari Nyblack can can get some get some targets as well. But you know, how does he kind of fit in though? You, you got to think that with the way, way Robbie Oots was playing towards the end of the season, he was really yeah. right in too. Uh, you know, I think uh, Nyblack's going to have to come in and, and take that away from from Robbie Oots. So, but but like you said, the versatility is there between those four guys. And, and there's really a good combination of, of four players that are, you know, really solid tight ends that, that Alabama has to work with and Tommy Reese has to work with. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun to see what they do this spring uh, with the tight end room. And 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 I, d- I just feel like C.J. Dupree is going to be surprising a lot of folks this spring. Joe, you got anything to add? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I, I think that – you know, we talk about being deep at, at every position pretty much, but this, this tight end room is going to be really deep this year. And Tommy Reese is going to have a lot to choose from, uh, whether that be wide receiver or tight end for sure. Yep, no doubt about it. But uh, that's going to wrap up our tight end talk. We're going to take one more short break, and then we're going to be back to uh, just kind of wrap this thing up with some, some miscellaneous album athletic talk. So we'll be right back here in just a couple of seconds. All right, I want to tell you a little bit about Latour and Watches. If you click the link in the description below, you're going to be carried to latourandwatches.com where they have a vast selection of stylish yet affordable watches for all shapes and sizes. And when you click that link in the description below and you get carried to that website, when you sign out, you will receive free shipping on that watch. So make sure you follow the link in the description below and buy you a beautiful watch from Latour and Watches. All right, we are back. Uh, look, we're, we, we've talked about some Alabama basketball. We've talked about the tight end room. Uh, now we're just going to talk a little bit about, you know, miscellaneous Alabama athletics that's been going on. Of course, we'll jump to the chat as well and talk about anything and everything those guys want to talk about. Uh, we actually have a comment already from David. And he says, I just hope Brandon doesn't get too frustrated and just get ready for the draft. I don't think that's the case. He seems to be really focused on the season and on the team there in Tuscaloosa. So I don't think that's anything to worry about, David. But uh, that is certainly something to keep in mind. I agree with what you, what you just said. I think it's kind of similar to the way Bryce Young just looks so calm all the time and poised. Yeah. And every time Brandon Miller touches the ball, I'm not worried about you know, I'm not anxious or nervous at all because I know what you know what he's capable of doing, and and we I talked about it earlier too. We don't necessarily want him to carry this team on his back, but I think if he needs to carry the team on his back, he's fully capable of doing it. But he's also, you know, he's not a selfish player. We've seen games where he has 11 or 12 points, so he yep. can he can score 30 or 40 points a game if he wants to. But I don't think he's the type of guy to get too frustrated and just kind of 
you know, give up and get ready for the draft. I think he's he's a team player, and and I think uh, he's poised. And, and I don't think the moment is ever too big for him. I think the last couple of games too, he's he's really shone. I think you know people are going to really see the type of player he is once we once we get into the March Madness tournament. He's balling out. Absolutely. I, I want to know what they put in the water down there in Tuscaloosa because I mean. We have some of the these high profile players and I owe money. Yeah, well that's true, <laughs> but but you know, they and these these you know big situations and big games, they're just cool come collected. I mean, we've seen it with you know, first with Hertz and now Bryce Young and now Brandon Miller. I mean, it's incredible that these star players have so much poise. It's just great to see. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's just Brandon Miller is the Bryce Young comparison. I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, that's really kind of hit hit the nail on the head. He's he's always calm. He's never, you know, out of his comfort zone. He always seems to be, you know, playing within himself. You know, making the winning play, making the right play, and he's just so much fun to watch because he can impact the game whether he scores thirty like you said or if he scores ten, and he's mm-hmm. just. He's just different, man, and and there's a reason he's going to be a top five pick. Uh, he's probably going to win SEC Player of the Year. If he doesn't, then the SEC needs to just do away with the award. Uh, yep. The fact that he didn't win it, the the freshman of the week this week or the player of the week after averaging over 30 points a game and eight rebounds, mm-hmm. don't even get me started. Yeah, that, that's a little bit ridiculous. but It's not a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a lot ridiculous. Uh, got another – uh Todd or Roll fan says roll Todd. Roll Todd. Roll Todd. Mm-hmm. Roll Todd. Roll Todd. So how, the baseball team's looking real good right now. I know they you know <laughs> yeah. but uh, but I you know I was telling my wife the other day I said you know I'm hoping that the baseball team can at least go undefeated and in, in conference play and then go at least five hundred and SEC play because you know Joe we talked about the other night being states did the SEC in, ba- in baseball is loaded this year. I mean, it's 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 almost like a Triple A, you know, <laughs> MLB to the MLB. It's ridiculous. But you know, I I feel like if you go undefeated in conference play and have a non conference play, not non conference play, and then a five hundred record, you know, uh, roughly in conference play, you you probably get in the regionals, and then I feel like that next step that Bo needs to take is getting that second weekend. And the in the regional, so uh, I'm hoping that's where we're we're at this year with this team. Yeah, I agree with you 100, Jake. And I I, I do want to ask you guys something, keeping it on the diamond. The softball team they mm. they've lost a couple games this year that that really make you want to scratch your head and wonder what's going on. And you know, I'm not calling for for Patrick Murphy to be fired or anything like that, but. Do you think that there needs to be some sort of changes made to the the way the softball program is is kind of being ran? Joe, can you can answer that first if you want to. <laughs> I think it's a long year. Uh, season just started recently, so um, I Alabama fans were not necessarily the most patient because <laughs> you don't say. Uh, <laughs> We like we expect you know the best perfection. Expect, yeah, we, we expect to be champions. Yeah. So I don't necessarily think anything needs to be changed. I mean, if the problems continue for the softball team, maybe that's something that that gets addressed uh, down the 
road or, or after the season's over. Uh, but I think people need to pump the brakes a little bit and kind of just trust Patrick uh, Murphy and, and trust the roster that we have because we have a damn good roster. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. I mean, we're loaded. And, uh, you know, it, it's we got a lot of freshmen playing this year. So, we, you know, it's got to get their feet wet, get them, get them rolling. And uh, like you said, Joe, it's a long season. Um, and, and one thing that I, you know, I, I love Montana Fouts, and she's probably going to go down as one of the best if not the best in, you know, at Alabama history. But, you know, I, I just don't know. It seems like people have figured out how she pitches now, and she's she's been tagged a pretty good bit. And we really don't have that second person behind her yet because, you know, uh, was Letsy last year, she, you know, she transferred out. So, you know, I think that's kind of hurt Montana a little bit because she's having to pretty much do it all. And uh, we need somebody to step up behind her. To, to give her some relief when, when needed. Well, well, the problem is she's been pitching in, in college yeah. for so long now that, mm-hmm. I mean, she's not throwing anything that, that people haven't seen a million yeah. times already. So exactly. it's uh, uh, that's the biggest issue. It's not that she's forgotten how to pitch or that she's no. not a great pitcher anymore. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, people are more comfortable with her now because she's been mm-hmm. pitching for so long at this level. So, uh I'm with Joe. I think we need to be a little more patient with the program. It just seems like over the past couple seasons, the offense doesn't hit the ball in a timely manner. They mm-hmm. they they never seem to get the timely hits. Uh, and and there's I forget what's the name of the team they lost to yesterday. Kennesaw State. Jake, there, I mean I'm sorry. Yeah, there's no you can't lose to those guys. You can't. No. Yeah, it's. It wasn't good. I know we tried to make a comeback, but it fell short. But you know, when it was down, we was down five to nothing going to six. And I was yeah, like, yeah, I mean that, that that's tough. a joke. I'm sorry, and and I don't even I'm not even meaning to be sound like a jerk, but that that can't happen. No, it should. That cannot like happen. That. No, I mean if you're down three to two going to six inning, you yeah, have that's different. That's, that's different. different. But five to nothing. I mean, you're not getting timely hits, like you said. You know, and we don't have a serious home run threat this year, don't seem like. So, somebody needs to step up and get in that weight room and put some upper body strength. Yeah, I mean, in, you know, so. Pringy started the season off hitting some dingers, and mm-hmm. uh, she's kind of went a little cold as far as the home runs go over the past couple games. So, mm-hmm. uh, But like Joe said, it's a long season, and, and a lot can change. And we need the freshmen to get their feet wet and, mm-hmm. you know, continue to improve. And, and maybe they will. And I think the team will improve as the season goes on because they are yeah. playing, you know, so many new faces, including freshmen. So uh, it's a long season and a lot can change. But I, I'm really disappointed that they dropped that one to Kennesaw State. That's just, that's yeah. just a game you, you can't lose. And like you said – Going into the sixth inning, being down five to nothing, that's just uh, – that's not acceptable when you're Alabama and Patrick Murphy, and, and that's just the facts of it. So, uh, long season, a lot can change. Hopefully, they'll continue to improve, and, you know, we'll see a much different team once SEC play rolls around. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think, you know, I think once these freshmen get their feet wet and, and start hitting, and uh, I think they're going to be okay. Patrick Murphy's been there 100 times. He's done it before, and and I believe this team can still win a, win a national championship. Uh, and we'll talk, you know, the women's basketball team, the SEC tournament will start this week. They got the sixth seed uh, in the SEC tournament. Uh, so they will play Thursday, and they will play the winner of Kentucky or Florida, which they play on Wednesday night. So 
we'll see what Christy Curry and the ladies can do there in the SEC tournament. They're they're in the NCAA tournament. They're probably going to be an eight or a nine seed, mm-hmm. uh, kind of depending on what happens in the SEC tournament. But uh, they'll be right there again. So congrats to, to Christy Curry and them for making it back. Yes. You know, or for, for, for most likely punching their ticket to another NCAA tournament berth. Uh, so, so great job uh, to them. Um, I don't see anybody else in the chat right now. Yeah. Uh, but if you're watching right now, got something you want to talk about real quick or uh, any questions you want to ask, just do that right now before we head out for the evening. Uh, if you're not already, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Uh, hit that notification bell so you don't miss a single episode. And uh, make sure you give this video a huge thumbs up. Uh, we got links in the description below for BetUS and Latour and Watches. So make sure you follow those links and you know either buy you a, a watch or sign up for BetUS and get that 125% bonus on your deposit. Uh, fellas, uh, really enjoyed the show. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk some, some Bama basketball. Uh, just a historic season for Nate Oates and the Tide. Uh, w- w- what a season they're having. We've talked a little bit about the tight end room uh, there in Tuscaloosa as spring practice approaches rather quickly. And I know that is going to be a hot topic here when, when practice starts because, look, there's there's a, there's a QB competition going on. So uh, there is going to be a lot of, a lot of uh, opinions uh, out there once that competition gets underway. Uh, when spring practice starts, have have y'all seen an official start date for spring practice? I've seen three different dates thrown out, but nothing definitive. Yeah, I hadn't seen anything. Me neither. Yeah, but I tell you, not. I mean, I know the the quarterback room and and is going to be the hot topic. I mean, there's a lot of positions up for grabs. I mean, we got a, we got a lot of defensive backs. It's going to be, you know, new and have new faces back there. Um, the wide receiver rooms. You figure, you know, Burton. And Ja'Cory Brooks will, will take two of those spots, but who's going to be the third and fourth guy? Uh, the running back room probably be Jason McClellan, but I mean, you got those two freshmen who are going to be hungry, want to come in and play. And Jam Miller, uh, he looks like he, God, he looks like a daggum little, you know, Derrick Henry run out there last year. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. We got a lot of lot of positions to get squared away in this spring and, and before fall hits. Yeah, and we've if you go back to our catalog of episodes here on YouTube, you can uh you can see we've looked at Jake, what all have we looked at? The quarterbacks, quarterbacks. the running backs, the receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh we talked about the tight ends tonight. So uh, all we all we lack on the offensive side of the ball is the offensive line, which is also gonna be a massive talking point uh because you know there's gonna be a tackle spot open, there's a guard spot open, so uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about uh, on the offensive line as well. So really excited to kind of see what happens when spring practice gets started. Absolutely. I want to say one thing before we go. Uh, I'm sure y'all have kept up with like I have because I've just been amazed at the, you know, Jaheim Otis, what he his the transformation he has done in the last year here at Alabama. I think he's down to like 316 now or something. I mean, it's incredible. He come in, I think – Pushing three sixty might have been over three sixty. No, no, he's he he's lost hundred and one pounds in okay, the last year. So, yeah, so I mean, he, God, that's that's awesome. So he's lost a whole fourth grader. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So the transformation he has undergone has been amazing. I expect him. Of course, we're talking about on defensive lines, but he's going to have a big impact this year. I do believe. Yeah. Hey, before we go, guys, I would like to, uh, and, and this is for the chat as well. 
for those still watching. Uh, g- give me one offensive player that you're – okay, quarterbacks not included. Let's just – one offensive player and one defensive player you're, you're excited to see this spring. Jake, we'll start with you. Uh, 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 the, 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 the new wide receiver coming in, uh, Benson Be- Beasley? Be- Benson, Malik yeah. Benson. Malik Benson. I'm, I'm excited to see him because that dude just had speed. I mean, that's all. He's, he is a – I mean, he can get down the field – quickly so i'm ready i'm anxious to see how how he uh develops and on the defensive side um a lot of talk was talking about uh fre- a freshman last year he got kind of got injured but earl little jr i mean he he looks like he's gonna be a stud so i'm anxious to see if he can take one of those safety positions i think for defense i'll go with caleb downs a lot of people are talking about him maybe stepping in right away and starting or if not point. starting getting a lot of playing time towards the end of the year and then for offense, I like. I mean, we can't do quarterback. Yeah. I'll say, <laughs> I'll say like the offensive line as a whole, just because they're last year they were inexperienced. They stepped up um, a little bit, so mm-hmm. I'm expecting them to be one of our strengths this year. And especially with Tommy Reese, we're going to run the ball a lot, so we're going to need mm-hmm. them to be uh, one of the best in the country if we want to be a national championship team. Yeah. All right, I, I like I like all those selections. I'm going to go defensively. I'm going to go with a guy who's a veteran player who has shown both that he has All-American ability and also uh, kind of leave you scratching your head. Malachi Moore. What 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 is That's he going to be? What is he going to be like in his senior season there in Tuscaloosa? We all know how talented and how great he played as a true freshman. Uh, in 2020, so can he get back to that form, becoming a, a really a playmaker for the back end of that defense? And then offensively, I'm going to go kind of with Joe on the offensive line, but I'm going to be looking at Elijah Pritchett. I think he's a guy who could be the tackle opposite of J.C. Latham. Whether J.C. stays at right tackle and Elijah is the left tackle, or if J.C. kicks over to left tackle and Elijah is the right tackle, I'm really excited to kind of see, you know, what he can do. I really believe that he, that that we're going to have. Two Two bookend tackles that are really talented in Elijah Pritchett and J.C. Latham. So I'm excited to see what Pritchett can bring this spring. So I'm looking at Elijah Pritchett on the offensive line and then Malachi Moore there in the back end of the defense. Uh, two guys who've been there on campus for for well, you know, Pritchett's been there one year, but Malachi's been there for for a few years now. And and I, I really believe that Malachi is one of those guys who has all American potential. Just can he put it together? You know, he he hasn't been the same player that he was as a freshman. A lot of that's had to do with injuries. And then all yeah. of a sudden, Brian Branch exploded onto the scene and kind of stole the job. But, you know, we're, we're looking at a guy who's going to probably be the first safety taken off the board, probably a top 15, top 18 pick in the draft. So, uh, you know, can't really fault Malachi Moore for falling behind that guy. Right. Yeah. Branch was amazing. and But Malachi, like you said, his true freshman year – was absolutely yeah. I mean, he awesome. beat out Branch. Think about that. He right. beat out Branch his freshman year, mm-hmm. and then when for that star position, and then when when Malachi got hurt as a sophomore, Branch took it over, and he played so well you couldn't take him out. Right, exactly. So this is Malachi. The star position is Malachi's to lose this year. Well, and I'm not sure he even plays starts. There's a chance, right. you know, with both safety positions open, he could slide over and play safety. Yep. Or he could play star and Caleb Downs plays safety. There's going to be a lot of a lot of competition there in the back end between the safeties and, and the star position and even one of the corner spots opposite the Kool-Aid McKinstry. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to be excited about there. 
Absolutely. I'm excited. Let's get the season rolling. <laughs> I have one bold take before we go. I think this will be the best Alabama secondary we've seen in the last five years. I agree. I agree. I'm saying I agree. Agree. I think I it's. I think it's not bold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's bold. We're, it's bold. You're crazy, Joe. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So I'm used to hearing that. Have we got it? Have we got a safeties coach yet? Are we still looking at a safety? I, coach? I, th- I think T. Rob's just going to coach the defensive backs. I got you. I got you. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for, for for tonight's episode. Really enjoyed the chat. You know. Bama Hoops talk, Bama football talk, really kind of talked about all the sports there at the end. But uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Like we said, if you're not already, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. Make sure you give this video a huge thumbs up. Uh, Enjoyed it, guys. Y'all take care. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time. And until then, roll tide. Roll tide. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.